If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Bless God. How you all doing? Are you good? Does anyone love Jesus? Awesome. And uh, it, is, it is an honor to be in God's house. What a blessing we have to be able to come together and, and celebrate the goodness of Jesus. And uh, I am so honored to preach here. I met Pastor Eric about two years ago. He was preaching at a, at a youth conference that I was also ministering at in Sulphur Springs for, for the Sparkses. And, uh, and so I met him then, and, and uh, that's their last name. <laughs> their last name is Spar- Sparks. Sparks. And uh, yeah, I say Sparks, but that's because I don't have an accent and you do. And <laughs> But it, is, it was great to meet Pastor Eric, and I got to see Pastor Heather a little bit earlier this year, at, or last year actually, at, at, at Christ for the Nations. And, uh, okay, awesome. And, uh, and it was such a privilege to see her again. And, and you guys, God must love you a lot to give you pastors like he's given you. And uh, you're part of a great church. There's a great sense of God's presence here. I mean, what kind of church fills up like this on a Wednesday night? Anything could happen tonight. And uh, anything. I don't know. Kangaroo just might pop past during the message. That would be awesome. One young lady came up and said hi tonight because she thought they had mermaids. That they were from Australia. We don't have mermaids in Australia. They're from New Zealand. And... Uh, it's true, but actually it's not true, but, but I, am, I am delighted to be with you tonight, and I feel like God's going to do something so good in this place. I don't know about you, but I, I believe, and I know you do, but I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that one, one touch of the power of God, and you never need to be the same again. God can just shift things in your heart and in your life, and, and I, I've come with a great sense of expectation in my spirit that God is going to do something in this room. And uh, if you're hungry, if you're hungry for a touch from God, before we even preach, I just want you right where you are. Let's just for 20 seconds, can we stand to our feet and just lift up our hands to heaven right now? Just begin to invite the Spirit of God to come. Father, would you fill this place with the power of the Holy Ghost? Lord, I pray that not one person would leave this place the way they came. Father, I pray that you would open heaven over this room right now. Lord, let the anointing of God begin to flow and begin to touch hearts and touch lives. Father, let the fire of the Holy Spirit fill this place, I pray. Right now, in the name of Jesus, let every man be brought low, but let Jesus be lifted up in this house. And Father, we're hungry. We're hungry. Somebody say this right now. Say, I'm not going to leave this place the way that I came. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, give God a shout of praise in the house. I mean, if you believe it, lift up your voices and magnify Him. Hallelujah. Bless God. Man, aren't you glad you're saved, man? Imagine, imagine, man, being in church is a lot better than jail. Maybe, I think. I mean, every episode of Prison Break I ever saw, I don't, I don't want to go to jail. But uh, why don't you be seated in the presence of God? We're going to get in the Word and we'll pray for people at the end. I'm believing God for something powerful to happen in this place by His Spirit. And uh, if you have your Bibles tonight, let's turn together to the book of Psalms. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Psalms. <laughs> I'm reading from the Canadian Bible. And... 
and I want to have a look at David's most famous psalm. I want to have a look at the 23rd psalm for just, or we could read that, Uzziah begot Jotham, <laughs> Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Next verse, please. I really don't know what to preach after reading that. I feel confused. I'm going to go back to Psalm 23. <laughs> Psalm 23. And you all know it. You've all heard it. It's, in, it's pinned up in every Sunday school hall in the world. And it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." That's a great psalm right there. David sets up this psalm. This is, I, w- I would say, you could argue the case for the fact that this is the most famous psalm in the Bible. It's probably David's best known thing he ever said. And he, he writes this psalm, and I, I've read it hundreds of times over the years, as I'm sure most of you have. And, and you read this psalm, and you, he sets it up, and if you for me, I want to just really look at, at the very beginning of this, and I just want to build a bit of a platform to build this message on, and then we're going to turn right in just a minute and go a whole different direction. But he starts out, and he makes this statement. He says, <coughs> excuse me, I had a root beer before I preached. And it was very powerful. It was, it was Frosty's or something like that. And Mr. Frosty, he looks like Father Christmas, but man, his root beer is good. And, and anyway, <coughs> excuse me, now we're good. I just had to clear my throat. He says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is just, in that statement right there, David has made a declaration and he has said this. He has showed you and I, the reader, who he is and who God is in their relationship. Right there, he makes a declaration that God is the shepherd and that he is by default following the shepherd because where the shepherd leads, the sheep go. So if the shepherd goes this way, the sheep go that way and vice versa. And he's saying right there, there is so much in that one statement about being yielded to God, following God, making Jesus Christ Lord of your life, making God your master and your leader. There's a lot of people who are comfortable with Jesus the healer. They're comfortable with Jesus the savior. But when it becomes Jesus the Lord, the one who leads and guides, sometimes they don't want to do that because they don't want to get into a submitted place. But I've got news for you tonight that when you are, when you are submitted to God in heaven, the Bible talks about this, and as you go through the psalm, it, 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 he talks about the blessing of God, he, you shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. You rod and staff, they comfort me, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, I'm remembering this better than I ever thought I would. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. It doesn't just run over, it runneth. It's like next level. Write that down. Very powerful. He says, my cup runs over. And then he says this. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me 
all the days of my life. He's made a statement at the beginning of the psalm. He says, I'm following God. I'm following God. I know it's a simple principle here. It's not hard. He says, I'm following God. But then he says, he closes with a psalm, with a promise that God's given him and a declaration from his own testimony. He says, I follow God. He said, but there is some stuff that follows me. He said, as I follow God, as God's the Lord of my life, as I build his kingdom, as I, as I do what God's called me to do, as I follow him, there is some stuff that's following me. And he says, goodness and mercy. I don't know about you, but God is good. I mean, you know, when we mess up, I mean, when we get it wrong, and I know in McKinney, Texas, you're very godly people, but us heathens in Australia, man, we get it wrong sometimes. We mess up, but how many know no matter how bad you get, He's good. No matter what problems you face, God is good. No matter what goes on in your life, God is a good God. The devil's a bad devil. Jesus is on the throne. The Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. Man. Oh, man, I'm going to get myself happy, and it's still the introduction. I can't get happy until point three. <laughs> Out of my 76-point message. <laughs> Goodness and mercy will follow. Now, that word follow, you, 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 when you picture the follow, you think you're in the mall, and you're walking, and maybe 10 feet behind some creepy guy is lurking behind you. I want to tell you, God's not creepy. That word follow does not mean some distant kind of lurking, kind of stalking, kind of, God's not stalking you. This word here, follow, literally means to hunt you down and chase you down and torment you with goodness and mercy. Let me tell you, uh, that's the kind of God we serve. You see, the devil wants to torment you and take you down and make your life difficult, but God wants to torment you with the blessing of heaven, the favor of God, the goodness of God. Man, if I'm going to be tormented, if I'm going to be tormented, let me be tormented by the beauty of Jesus. Let me be tormented by the power of God. And not in a bad way. I mean, it's a kind of, it's just, it's harassment. It's like it's a, a never-ending blessing of God. Do you know when you got born again, you stepped into an abundance of God's, but sometimes you don't feel it. I'm telling you, God, I'm telling you, goodness and the mercy of God's following you. Now, I'm sitting up because I want to show this. This message that I was preaching, we did a series in our church, being a follower of God. And so I began to study this, and, and uh, this was my original text. And, and he says, goodness and mercy will follow me. And God began to show me that for our Christian life and, and uh, just to serve Jesus, we need this stuff following us. But when we go beyond ourselves... And we want to make a difference beyond ourselves. Those things matter very much. But there's some more blessings that follow us as believers that empower us to do what God's called us to do. And I want to have a look at a different passage for one moment. And this is really where I'm going to preach from. I want to have a look at the book of Mark. Matthew, Mark. Mark. <laughs> the book of Mark. If you're American, it's Mark. If you're Australian, it's Mark. Sort of sounds like a bird, doesn't it? Mark, Mark. If you're Chinese, it's muck. And I want to have a look at that. It's pretty funny. I want to have a look at Mark chapter 16, verse 14. It says this. So we met Jesus. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief 
<coughs> excuse me, in hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. Somebody say follow. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. Somebody say in my name. Whose name are we talking about? He says, in my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I love the promises of God. Don't you love that? Isn't that awesome? Does anyone believe in a miracle working God in the house? And he says this, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. And I want to have a look at this for a minute because there are a lot of Christians that walk around. They've got a Bible big enough to choke a unicorn. And I mean, they look spiritual. They, they look powerful. They look like a, 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 basically a walking advertisement for a Christian bookstore. And they get, I mean, there's so, such Christians, Pastor Eric, that they don't just have a Bible, but they have a Bible cover on it. And on their Bible cover, there's a scripture just in case they can't open it quick enough. And it's there, just... <laughs> Grass with its flower fades, the word of God stands forever. <laughs> so, but do you know something? There's a lot of people who look like Christians. I mean, we even have Christian language now, you know. Like, yay, very early. I don't know. Some of you might go to McDonald's and you're so spiritual. No one here. More in Fort Worth, but <laughs> you might go to McDonald's. Where I'd say, can I please have a Big Mac and a quarter pounder? You would say, bestow upon me your biggest Mac and a pound, a quarter thereof. Because <laughs> it's so spiritual. <laughs> you know, God doesn't want us to be super spiritual. He wants us to be supernatural. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want us to be weird and strange, but... But the deal is, it's all good to have all the stuff to look spiritual. But man, what about, I don't know about you, but I feel like the Pentecostal church, and I'm not talking about the denomination. I'm talking about people who believe in the infilling and the empowering of the Spirit. I think it's time we get back to a place where we actually believe some of these things the Bible says, that we have power in the name of Jesus to see things begin to happen, to see lives begin to be changed. It's all good to go to church. But you know something, there's a lot of Americans, there's a lot of Australians who go to church. I believe we've got to go beyond that start being the church. And so when we come, we receive something in order for us to go out and do what God's called us to do. Man, if you believe it, say amen. amen. And so, so Mark writes this, takes down the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, these signs will follow them that believe. He said, can I, can I just say this? There's a lot of people that, you know, they'll watch Christian TV and They'll see a preacher that's moving in the power of God and they'll get on an aeroplane and go and see him because they want that power. And, and there's nothing fundamentally wrong with that or anything like that, but they'll follow this person and they'll follow those signs and wonders. They'll follow those signs and wonders. And, and, and here's the thing. Do you realize you don't need to get on an aeroplane and follow signs and wonders because the Bible says signs and wonders follow you? 
Man, the signs and wonders are not just for the TV preacher or Pastor Eric or, or a guest speaker. Signs and wonders are for mum to lay hands on their sick girl or boy. It's for dad and mum to be able to pray for a family. It's for you to go into your high school or your university, your workplace, and carry some power into that place to see things begin to shift. I mean, this is a big metroplex. As far as metroplexes go, this is a big one. I'm telling you, Dallas-Fort Worth needs a move of God that's going to shake Texas. And, but it's not going to take Christians that are, uh, you know, just tidy, good little middle-class Christians who tithe and praise the Lord. It's going to take some people who believe that there is the power of God on the inside of their spirit. And he says this, he says, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. He's talking about the name of Jesus. You know, let, let's talk about that for a minute, if that's okay. If anyone objects to that, I, 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 I think I'd be, I'd be stunned. In my name, the name of Jesus, Jesus gets a bad rap. I can prove it. You go into some Sunday schools, and I know there wouldn't be one here. Oddly enough, we had one of them in our, in our church. One of these pictures of Jesus, where poor old Jesus, and I'm not talking about the actual Jesus, because he's incredible, but the the picture of Jesus. He just doesn't look too good. He looks about 50 pounds underweight. Perfectly manicured hair. He's just had his crowns done on his teeth. It cost him 10 grand. A perfectly white robe. Perfect sandals. Beard perfectly and freshly clipped. He's got rainbows coming out the back of his head. He's holding a sheep, a little sheep. The sheep was cross-eyed. One eye is looking. One eye is looking up at the master with great admiration. The other eye is looking at the viewer of the picture with arrogance and pride. And there's Jesus standing there with pasty white skin. And then we tell the kids in Sunday school, if you ever face challenges in life. Talk to him. <laughs> and the poor kids are going, but that guy doesn't look very well. <laughs> I mean, the Jesus I serve doesn't look like that. The Bible tells me his eyes are like fire. The Bible tells me his hair is white like wool. The Bible tells me he's coming back one day. He's going to be riding a horse. He's going to have a sword in his hand, mate. And he's going to have on his leg, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What? He ain't some mamby-pamby Jesus. Let's talk about that. I mean, the guy in that poster didn't go to church one day and say, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves. Flip up the tables and then bust out a whip. I mean, just on that, who carries a whip to church? Jesus had a... Concealed weapon, which was his Second Amendment right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep, amen. You ain't taking my whip. Can I tell you, if you said that up in Seattle, they'd be like, hmm. if you say that in the South or in Texas, amen. Oh, there's a few blokes up the back that were just sleeping before. Suddenly, that, that's the best darn message I ever heard. <laughs> Dang it. I mean, the Jesus in the poster, 
He wouldn't have been game to confront. But Jesus knew what it was to get into a stoush and, and have a crack and, and face religious devils and, and cast out devils and see things happen. He wasn't some mamby-pamby, look at look, little, little picture. I mean, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Men, I mean, when I talk to Jesus, I picture the one who, who's alive and who was and is and is to come. And I mean, I mean, I was watching Oprah. You all laugh, but you've all watched Oprah. And even some of you were like, yeah, I didn't like it. You did like it a little bit. So I'm watching Oprah. And she's got this psychologist on, and, and they're, they're talking about this condition called the lullaby effect. And what the lullaby effect is, is when you hear something over and over without understanding the true message, you can actually start to believe a totally incorrect definition of something because you've never been taught to think about it and pay attention to it. And so you just take it at face value. And so you can hear something that says one thing, but believe a totally different thing. Now, some of you go, what are you talking about? To be honest, I don't really know. I do know. And I'm going to show you by means of, of song. <clears throat> I'm going to explain the lullaby effect. It goes like this. Rockabye baby on the treetop. Has anyone ever stopped at that point in the song? <laughs> and asked themselves this question, why is there a baby in the top of a tree? <laughs> Have you ever asked that? Rockabye baby on the treetop. When the wind blows the cradle... The cradle. No, no, I get it. I'm trying to emphasize that there's a cradle in the top of the tree. The cradle will rock when the bough breaks. What's a bough? I looked it up. A branch. It's a fancy word for branch. When the branch breaks, the cradle will fall. Down will come baby, cradle and all. That is not a positive song. <laughs> it's a song about a mother. It could have been the father, but I'm going to assume the mother. <laughs> it's about a mother or father. <laughs> it's about a mother or father whose kid was just screaming all day long, ah, ah, ah. And finally one day mum loses it and says, if you don't stop it, I'm going to put you in that tree. And I'm not going to do it the same day. I'm going to wait for gusty breezes. <laughs> so lo and behold, little Johnny, ah, ah, mum loses it. She loses it. One eye gets bigger than the other. She takes baby, cradle and all, that's everything, the baby, the cradle, all of its stuff, its little rattles. Puts it in the top of a tree on a branch that, let me tell you, I know this from the song, is not load-bearing. And a hurricane blows in. What I don't understand is mothers sing that to their children now to try and get them to go to sleep. Rock-a-bye baby. And then wonder why the baby starts screaming even more. I'll tell you what, because that's horror. <laughs> Scary. I don't think mums are singing it to calm the babies down, to be honest. I think they're doing it as a threat. 
But you know something? We've heard that nursery rhyme so many times. But I'd never thought about that before. I just thought it was a lullaby. But we hear something. And we hear it just told that it's another song. And we don't even hear the message. I think that's what's happened with the name of Jesus. We hear, we, you watch the, the Academy Awards or I want to thank my, my, my husband, my wife. I mean, my, my husband, <laughs> my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. I want to thank Jesus. I mean, religion has done all it can to muddy the name of Jesus, you know. At that name. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a cuss word. I know you know this, but it's not just a, a folk tale. It's not just a, a nice prophet. He's a king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one who was and is and is to come. The Bible tells us not only is he going to be with heaven, in heaven, seated at the right hand of God, but one of these days, the sky is going to open up. The trumpet of God's going to sound. He's coming back. He's coming back better and greater than he's ever been. He won't come as a servant. He won't come... Mamby Bambi, he won't come like the guy in the picture, but he's going to come back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Wow. Bless the Lord. And he says, these signs will follow them. Who I need, I, need, I need to say one more thing. I like Christmas. But gee, Christmas cards annoy me. Not, not the concept. I like the concept. Send me, send me them. But it's like, dear David, and then there's like the pre-written bit. Have a wonderful festive season as you remember the reason for this time. Love, Nan. Or it'd be like, dear Dave, let the peace and the joy that passes all knowledge be yours in this Christmas season. Love, Auntie Beryl. I just I get tired of them. I want to bring out my own line of Christmas cards. Dear Nan. If you don't repent, you're going to burn in the fires of hell. <laughs> Call upon the name of Jesus right now. Love, Dave. <laughs> and I might add, P.S., you are 98, so you better get a move on. <laughs> and my nan's saved. She loves you. Or uh, another one. Dear nan, let the fire of the Holy Ghost come upon you. Be baptized in the Spirit. Speak in other tongues. Let the healing power of Jesus come upon you this Christmas. Don't forget that Jesus is the one who walks on water, feeds 5,000, casts out devils, raises the dead, heals blind eyes. In Jesus' name, lift your hands, Nan. Just receive the Holy Ghost right now. Love, Dave. But it'll be one of those pop-up cards as she opens up, a hand will come out and go, feel in Jesus' name. Nan will be out under the power. I've spent too long on this part of my message. I need to keep moving. The name of Jesus isn't some weak name. There's power in that name. You can call on that name and your eternity shifts in one moment. You can be on your way to a devil's hell in the name of Jesus. Boom. You're on your way to heaven like that. Wow. Sickness can leave your body in the name of Jesus like that. Depression can leave your body right now. And he says, in my name, number one, he says, in my name, you'll cast out devils. I'm going to add in my name to every one of those things because it covers all those things. In my name, you'll cast out devils. Now, I'm not a demon-chasing preacher. I don't believe Jesus was, was a demon-chaser. The Bible says in the book of Mark that he went to the synagogue to preach. And when he was there, a demon presented himself and he cast the devil out. You don't see that Jesus went to the synagogue to cast out devils. Jesus was about his ministry. And if something from another realm presented itself, he took authority. So as Christians, I don't know that we should be demon hunters. Not everything's a demon. I grew up old school Pentecostal. Everything was a demon. I mean, you name it, it was a demon. That lady always wear, wears red shoes. That's a demon. 
if someone in the church was good at organising, they have a Jezebel spirit. No, they're just good at organising. <laughs> but at the same time, C.S. Lewis puts it in a far more eloquent, eloquent I can't even say the word, eloquent, <laughs> elephant, <laughs> in a far more eloquent way than I do. But he says, he, he says basically this, he says, to overemphasise the demonic realm is, is a great danger. But to underemphasise it is as equal danger. The truth is, we don't need to get hooked on demons and just talk about demons when we can talk about Jesus. But the reality is, there's still a realm of darkness. But the Bible tells us we don't need to fear that. He says, he says these signs will follow them that believe in my name. You'll cast out devils. And so I'm here to tell you tonight that when the enemy comes against you, you have power in his name. I know this is simple preaching, but it's what God put on my heart. You'll have power to overcome that thing by the power of the name of Jesus and by the anointing of, of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. I, I was... Um, I was raised in, 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 in crazy charismatic circles. Like, I mean, I was raised in crazy. Just, I, I, saw, I saw it all. We, saw, we saw, saw all sorts of crazy things. And my dad was preaching a meeting. My dad's a healing evangelist. He's been preaching for 38 years. Over a million people have been saved in his crusades across the South Pacific, throughout Australia, Africa, India. He's a, he's a, he's a bit of a legend. And uh, we're in this church. I was just a little boy then. It's probably about, about six or seven. And there was a big sign on the, on the back of the stage that said Jesus. And so he's, uh, he's there and, and uh, he's preaching. And this guy obviously is coming under the influence of a, of a demonic realm, starts interrupting the service and being quite aggressive. And, uh, and so my dad just stops, and I don't know why he did this, but he stopped and he pointed to the man. He said, sir, in the name that is on that sign. I don't know why he said that. Be free right now. And the guy just sat there totally free by the power of God. And so he drove home. And dad tells me, he says, I learned two things tonight, David. I said, what are they, dad? He said, number one, there's still power in the name of Jesus. And he said, and number two, did you know demons can read? I heard of a preacher preaching in Panama City, Panama. 60,000 people in the service. If I called the preacher's name, you'd know his name. He's preaching the service. There's 60,000 people there. And as he begins to preach, this guy comes out literally not wearing anything but his underpants, totally bound by the power of darkness. And he comes and interrupts the service. And he runs along the front and he's screaming, he's cursing God, he's saying things that were ungodly, swearing. And the preacher stops. And I don't know why he did this, but he said, in the name of Muhammad, come out of him. And the guy keeps screaming. The guy keeps going crazy. He said, in the name of Buddha, come out of him. The guy keeps going crazy. He keeps manifesting whatever was happening. He said, in the name of Joseph Smith, come out of him. And the guy still goes crazy. And then he says, in the name of the one who walked on water, in the name of the one who raises the dead, in the name of the one that was and is and is to come, in the name of Jesus. And the guy right there, set free. Well, Lord Jesus. What happened? Are we good? Is it coming back? Is it going to come back? <laughs> Did I break it? Was awesome. Oh, sure. Now we got a cord. Bless the Lord. Did, I, did something break? Is that all good? Is that all good? Here we go. 
I feel, I feel like an old school revival preacher now. You need to turn or burn, friends. And uh, can we get a bit more in this? Is that, is that going to work or did I just ruin the whole church? Did I break the church? He's, he, he, did, did, some, did we bust a few? Is this mic going to work? Is this on? Is this on? The amp's in the back. We blew, we blew the amp. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Thank you. Bless the Lord. That one's also really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to just, I'm just going to yell for a minute. And so he's there, he says, in the name of Jesus. And at that moment, the guy gets completely delivered by the hand of God. Can I tell you, it's not about being spooky and looking for demons or trying to levitate or, or go into witches' covens and spray them with oil. and, and, and what, It's not about that. If you pick a fight with that realm, you'll probably get one. And I don't want to pick that fight. But when it gets into my environment, man, and when sickness gets into your environment, when disease comes against you, when trouble comes against you, you've got to understand who you are, whose you are, and what you carry. You carry the power of Almighty God. We have the name of Jesus, and and His name works. It's worked from Genesis to Revelation, my friend. The power of the name of Jesus. He says, in my name, you'll cast out devils. Then number two, He says, in my name. Can you hear me up the back? Are we all good? He says, in my name, you'll speak with other tongues. I want to talk about that for a minute, because that's, that's, that's exciting. Now, some of you come to this church. You come in week in, week out. You go, you know, I like this church. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> I will be very careful with this microphone now. If anyone's asking, that was a demon. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. All six of you did a great job. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I think they had a board meeting out the back just where we're going. Thank you, guys. Sorry for ruining it. So he, said, he's, he says, in my name... You'll speak with new tongues, other tongues. Some of you come to this church week in, week out, and you, you like it. You like the worship. You like the people. You like the room. You like the vibe. You like the stuff. But the reality is, you might think it's a lot of natural things that keep bringing you back here. But the truth is, it's a supernatural, and I don't want to use the word thing. It's a supernatural person. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And you know something? When the Holy Spirit gets on you, there is power. When you got saved, he came and indwelled you on the inside. He gave you, he gave you an indwelling touch of his power. Jesus got on the inside of your heart. But there is a second experience you can have, and that is to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with power. Acts 1 and 8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the Bible says, when they received the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with others the tongues, speaking in tongues. You might go, you know, I like all the stuff, but the other week I came here and I stood next to someone and as I was singing, they started going, blah, 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 and that freaked me out. Can I just say this? As one who believes 100% in speaking in tongues, I'm the first to admit it's one of the more weird things we do. <laughs> so it's falling down. Do you want to know what's weirder than falling down? Working out the right time to get back up. I always get... <laughs> When I'm down and then you sort of come to, you go, can I get up now? Is it too soon? <laughs> Some of you that have been in this for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. You've got to understand, you got to understand, I grew up in old school Pentecostal. I mean, for me, if I was sick on a school day, I was better off just going to school sick. Because if I dared tell my parents, mum, dad, I feel sick, in that come with a, a garbage bin full of oil enough to drown a koala. 
They'd come and pour it on. In the name of Jesus, come out of him, you foul thing. Be free. It'd be so violent. In Jesus' name, be free. Heal. So I'd get up out of bed. I'd have a thick lip. I'd have a black eye, a blood nose, an ear missing, teeth missing. But not one flu symptom. I mean, I grew up so old school Pentecostal that for my sixth birthday, I'm the only one in this room for their sixth birthday, when all my friends were getting G.I. Joes or Tonka trucks, I got an overhead projector. <laughs> True story. I would set it up in my bedroom. I had one of those screens, that had, a tripod screen. We'd set the thing up. I'd put the words on the screen and I'd lead all the choruses. And, uh, and my teddy bears, they were all lined up in rows. And I'd lead the sea and I'd preach to my bears. <laughs> then we'd have the altar call time. I'd lay hands on the bears and they'd be slain in the spirit. <laughs> Except for one of them. I think he resisted the spirit of God. I mean, one night I decided let's have a baptismal service. So I went and filled up the sink in the laundry. I baptized one of my teddies. Its eye fell out. My mum sewed its eye back on and we testified to the healing power of Jesus. But you've got to understand, I was raised where, where, where if you didn't have the money, it wasn't a problem because El Shaddai was going to provide. When people were sick, that God was a healer. That when things were, if you had a headache, the first thing you didn't do was pop a pill. You'd pop the power of Jesus, man. You'd pop the name of Jesus and you might well recover. I didn't get to go to the doctor that much because if I was sick, it was, it was the fire of God. We believe God for miracles. I mean, I remember one day I was in ninth grade. I get home from school. I'm with my friend Mark. Mark. I was with Mark. And he had never been to church before. He was my friend from school. So I said, why don't you come over, hang out? So we're sitting at home. I, I, I go on the front. We took the bus home. I open the front door. I walk in. There is my mum and my dad and a guy called John. John is on the ground under the power. My dad is on one side. My mum's on the other side. In the name of Jesus, come out of him. John's going, ah! My friend Mark was going, ah! I turn around and Mark's gone. So the next day I get to school and I see Mark and he walks over very slowly. He says, Hall, he said, Mark, he said, weird things happen in your house, man. I ain't going to your house. We can be friends at school, but not, not your house. You know what? I grew up thinking that was normal. My dad would drive the car to school, singing in tongues. I mean, some of you mums and dads, it embarrasses them, but it's good for them. Do it. Sing in tongues on the way. And I shouldn't do that. It's church. We, we should do that afterwards. But I can't help it. Every, when, when you got the Holy Ghost in you, it's like trying to hide an elephant. I mean, every now and then it's just... But speaking in tongues, I want to talk about that for a minute. And that's really what I want to talk about. It's more than going hubba dubba ding ding. Look at the legs on that thing. <laughs> it's more than going, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. It's more than saying rubber gum boot, Rondo, Shondo, time a bow tie, who shot the bald eagle down? <laughs> speaking in tongues might seem strange, but speaking in tongues is not the end in itself. It's simply 
a way of a demonstration that there's been a greater work that's happened on the inside of you, that you've been filled with heaven's power. I believe so powerfully in speaking in tongues. I believe in it with all of my, with all of my being. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the book of Jude says, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. And when you pray in, in your heavenly language, you begin to stir rivers of living water up on the inside of you. The, the, the enemy doesn't understand. You're speaking mysteries under God. And when you speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gives you utterance, God, the Holy Ghost, stirs something in you that is so real. If I was, as a Christian, you've got the Spirit of God within you. You've got authority. You've got the name of Jesus. But you know, if I went, if I went and stood on, in, in the middle of the highway in a police outfit, I've got the authority to stop a vehicle. But if that vehicle doesn't want to stop, I don't have the power. But when you, you put a policeman in a Sherman tank, and you put him on one of those freeways you got here, man, he could stop anything. He could stop a city. And the truth is, you might have some authority in your life because Jesus came into your heart, and that is wonderful, and that's the most important thing. But there is still more on the other side of salvation where God says, I want to fill you with my spirit and give you power to do that which God has called you to do. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the power of God working on the inside of me to make a difference. It says, in my name, you'll speak in tongues. So we're going to pray for people to do just that. We're going to believe God that people are going to be filled with heaven's power and, and go home and make a difference. There is power in the Holy Ghost. There is, there is power in the Spirit of God. Speaking in tongues is not of the devil. I mean, you can go to any crack house in this city and they won't be speaking in tongues. Well, let me say this. If, it, if speaking in tongues is of the devil... And the devil's made a terrible error in judgment. <laughs> because he's created something that makes me pray more, that makes me love Jesus more, that makes me want to get in God's presence more, that makes me want to worship him, that makes me want to serve him, that makes me want to honor him. I don't know about you, but I want the fire of God. I want, I want, I'm a Holy Ghost guy. I've got to tell you one story, then I'm going to quit. Not in general, just, just tonight. If that's okay, Pastor Eric. So I was preaching. How many people have ever heard of the Assemblies of God? I was, I, I'm Assemblies of God. I mean, in Australia, the Assemblies of God is awesome. In America, it's great too. But in Australia, it's just, we love it. So this is what we are, you know? AOG, Australian Oil and Gas. And so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking at one of the Assemblies of God's more strange ministries called the Royal Rangers. I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Royal Rangers. Basically, it's like Boy Scouts with no budget. <clears throat> and, a lot of, and a lot of broken stuff that's destined to kill someone. So it's like, yeah. So anyway, I spoke at a Royal Rangers camp for Australia. It was like called Camparama. There was about 500 teenagers there. And as I'm preaching, there was two people sort of sitting on the front row about where you guys are. They were dressed in their, in their Royal Ranger getup. Pretty hip. And, uh, and so they're sitting there, and they come out to the altar call, and the power of God hits them. Sorry, I won't do that again. <laughs> they, and they, and they, hit, they hit, do you know I did that in a church a few months ago, and a poor lady had never been to church before. I've never heard someone swear in church as loud as she did. <laughs> and I couldn't get myself together. It made me laugh, and I was the only one laughing. So she swore the church are looking at me, and I am howling, but I looked over and the senior pastor, he was nearly rolling off his chair. She was the first at the altar to give her heart to Jesus. So that, every cloud. So 
So th- this couple is sitting on the front row, and, and they come forward. See, prayer, the power of God hits them. They're, they're under the power of God. Fall, they fell out under the power of God. Falling out is not just something on TBN. I mean, if your church is TBN and Google and YouTube, you're going to a bad church. And I don't have a problem with any of those mediums, but I'm saying there's nothing more powerful than a local church. The Bible doesn't say those planted in a TV preacher. It says those planted in the, in the house of God will flourish in the courts of their God. And I believe Christians need it. The tithe doesn't belong to Benny Hinn. It doesn't belong to TBN. Those people, the, by all means, bless them, su- support them, but mean it. I'm a, I'm a local church guy. And, uh, but, but, but falling down, I mean, you see a lot of that stuff on TV, and it might not happen in church all the time. Because if, if that's all that happened in church every week, your church would get crazy anyway. You know, I travel the world and people fall down, but in my church, I mean, we're normal. I don't get weird at other places. No, but in our church, we believe in that stuff too. But it's not about you falling down, it's how you get up that counts, you know. And so, but the power of God's touched people. And, 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 and so these, this couple that was sitting on the front row, the power of God hits them. They come up to me after the service and they talk to me and he goes, hello, David, my name's Yuka." I said, hi, Yuka." He goes, I'm from Finland. He said, would you come to Finland and speak at our National Royal Rangers camp? I said, you know what? Totally. <laughs> Only because I've never been to Finland before. That sounds interesting. So I fly there. I did not know what Royal Rangers Finland was all about. But there was 3,000 people, or 2,500 people at this, at this rangers camp. I mean, there's not a lot else to do in Finland. And so, <laughs> so, we get, so I get there, and, and the guy that's in the office with me, looking after me before the service, not the guy that invited me, but just the guy that was, he was all like positive until the pastor, Yuka, left. And then he starts going, he says, we, the Assemblies of God of Finland, now they're called the Pentecostals of Finland. This is why I'm telling you I'm Assemblies of God. Because if you're Assemblies of God, you believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You believe in divine healing. I mean, that's, that's some of the basics of faith. So this guy starts telling me, we, the Pentecostals of Finland, which is the Assemblies of God, same group, just different name, but same affiliation, all of that. He said, we're now at a point where we don't believe in the baptism of the Spirit with speaking in tongues. He then says we don't believe in healing, that it's in the atonement. In other words, he believes that by his stripes we are healed. Doesn't mean that healing was purchased at Calvary. He believes that God can heal, but it's not a right of a believer. And then he goes on to give me all these things. And I I said, well, what about people being under the power of God, falling down? He goes, that's just Americanism. I said, well, I've seen it happen in New Zealand. (laughs) And he he was like, didn't care. So I'm sitting there. I'd flown 20 hours to be there. And then he says to me, he says, you've got one session with the whole crowd and then they're going to go off to the bands because they're probably not going to be interested in the, in the sermons after that. So I was devastated. But then I sort of started to get a bit bold in the Holy Ghost. And so I just went to him, I sort of went, <laughs> and he goes, what's so funny? I said, I've got bad news for you, bro. And he said, what's that? He said, Yuka has invited, if this is the case, Yuka's invited the worst human being possible for your youth camp. He said, why is that? I said, I don't preach about anything else. I preach about the power of Jesus, the miracle power of God, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and I pray for people and they fall down. And I'll be honest with you, I was sort of wondering if that would happen. But I didn't tell him that. Australians never reveal their doubt. So, so then he, so then he, he looks at me like, yeah, whatever. So I was like, now I wanted to move a God more than ever. You say, why? Were you divinely, like, righteously angry? I said, Is that, did you want revival because you felt something for the generation? I was thinking, no, I want revival out of sheer spite to upset that bloke. <laughs> I was, so anyway, I preached. And I preached on, 
I'm not great with interpreters, so if then like, so I did my best. The, the interpreter was a Baptist, <laughs> so so everything was working against me this day. So I so I start preaching. You need to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Pentecostal power is not Pentecostal. Is not a, a denomination. It's an experience with God. Being a Pentecostal isn't about the name of the, the the on the door of your church, but it's about being filled with the Spirit of God. And God wants to fill you right now with the Holy Ghost. He wants to touch you tonight. I got so excited. I went cool. And the interpreter said, hallelujah. And I was like, that's not what I said, but that'll do. So then I finished my message and I called up one young girl. I said to this girl, come up. She would have been maybe 10 or 12. I said, give me a hand. I prayed for her. And the, the power of God, see, I did that quiet. It didn't ruin anything. The power of God hit her. She hits the deck under the power of God. There was no catcher because they didn't think she was going to fall down because it was Finland and not America. <laughs> so then I prayed for the second girl and suddenly, magically, we had a catcher. The power of God hit her. We prayed. In that service, I reckon we prayed for about three or 400 people. The power of God hit them all. So the next session comes. Now, in that session, there was 2,500 people. Then I'm told there's going to be bands in other tents, so it'll be even less. Well, the next session, we had 3,000 people under this tent. So I thought, that's it. We're going for it, Pastor Eric. And I preached on the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I kept it simple. You need a prayer language. You need to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you've never prayed in tongues, tonight's your night. I'm believing God. And so anyway, 1,200 people come forward to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I didn't have a band to work with really well so it was just me and them I couldn't lay hands on them all and so I counted to three I had a Baptist interpreter but let me tell you what happened to him so the power of God hits them and I'm telling you right now as true as I can read it that whole room that whole altar call was screaming in their heavenly language and I mean telling you the power of God hit the place so I said the next morning we're going to lay hands on every person in this tent any person in the tent we're going to lay hands on the next morning there's 3,000 people again we laid hands on every person it was muddy it was wet they were going down in their good clothes in the dirt on the floor but by the end of it I was trying to lay hands on people and I couldn't get my hand in there because the interpreter was going fuck I was like, dude, you're a Baptist. He became a Baptocostal. I'm a bit old school, man. I believe in the power of God. And, and, and America and Australia and England and all of that, we don't need more churchianity. We need a move of God that's going to... Woo, man, I'm getting happy. So Yuka rings me. David, it's Yuka. I'm nearly done. And to prove it, if a keyboard player could come, then everyone will be relieved. I, I, I equate the keyboard player to the seatbelt sign on the aeroplane. You know when, bing, you know we're coming in for, for a landing. So this is the seatbelt sign. And plus, stories sound so much more anointed when they're playing the piano. Yeah, you can talk about anything, but the minute she starts playing, it'll just be like, you know. It's so true. See? So Yuka rings me and says, David, is Yuka? And he invites me to go to France. This is 2011. And speak to the, national, the International Rangers Conference for Europe. 23 nations, 19 languages. One interpreter, and then the rest were in little booths with earpieces. And there were 6,000 people. It's the biggest crowd I've ever spoken to before or since. And Yuka says, I want you to come preach the last time. Go for the baptism in the Spirit. So I did. But I got there and I knew that they were not, I didn't think that they knew. I felt like we were all on a different page. So just before I preached, I said, Yuka, do they know 
why I'm here to pre- and what I preach about? And he goes like this. He goes, not so much. I said, you okay? What are you talking about? I said, you don't understand these Europeans. If they don't like you, they start wars like that. There's just another, another one. Mind you, and we're in France, so they just surrender. And so... <laughs> So, so I'm preaching away. I had other points, but I never got there. I was having too much fun on these. It's okay. I was emailing them too. So, so, then, so then I get up to preach. My interpreter, and you might think that oh, you're just all soft. If the interpreter's not great, it can be quite hard to preach to her. So I'm like, God wants to touch you. And she's like, you know, so she just wasn't there. So I got to the altar call and I thought, man, this is just not going to really happen. And then called up the first person. Can I pray for you? And the power of God touches this girl. She hits the floor under the power of God. So I prayed for a whole bunch of people. And I said, you know what? If you've never spoken in your heavenly language, just come. Now, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking big numbers, but I live in a world where, you know, we've got a church and we're trying to see grow. And, you know, I'm not a high-flying preacher at all. I'm really not. I guess if you fly, it is high, but, but it's just the nature of flight. But... But I'm no big shot. I'm just a little shot from out of town, you know. And so, but there, there's 6,000 people this night and God gave me that opportunity. But I said, if you want to receive the baptism in the Spirit, just come. And 2,000 people, we reckon, could have been more, looked like half the crowd, came forward. And so he said, lift up your hands to heaven. And they lifted their hands to heaven. The same thing that had happened a year earlier in Uvascula, Finland, happened in La Havre, France. The power of God hit that tent and they began to speak in their heavenly language. And can I tell you something? The same Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. He's the same Holy Ghost in Europe as He is in Australia, as He is in Africa, Asia, and North America, South America. And you know something, church? You might love God with all of your heart. You might, you might want to serve Him with all of your heart. But you know, there is an experience called the baptism in the Spirit. That if you get filled with power from heaven, you have power to do, I mean, it'll, it'll shift your whole walk with God. I mean, if you ask Pastor Eric, he'd tell, he wouldn't argue with the word I'm saying. He'd tell you, it's very vital that you get filled with the Spirit of God. Because if you don't have the Holy Ghost, here's the deal. Jesus carried the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says God anointed Jesus, Acts 10.38, with the Holy Ghost and with power. If Jesus Christ needed the power of the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I? How much more do you and I need the anointing of God? Man, I've loved preaching this church. This is an awesome church. Oh, I've just been spoiled. Exactly. Bless you, brother. Man, do you know something? I want every person right now to just stand to your feet for one moment. And I want you to lift up your hands to heaven. Maybe you're shy and you've never done that before. Just have a crack. Because as you do, I mean, you, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but when I lift my hands, man, I feel like I just begin to just step into something supernatural. You might be in this place right now and you've never been filled with power. You've never been filled with the anointing of God. Tonight's your night to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Tonight's your night for a God encounter. Tonight's your night to see God do supernatural things in your heart and in your life. There's nothing like the presence of Jesus. There's nothing like the presence of Jesus. There's nothing like the anointing of God. I feel like something's going to shift gear in this place, in this house. Father, we speak increase over this church. 
Lord God, we speak provision over this church. Father God, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven over this house. Lord God, over every person, every leader, every servant in this house. Lord God, every person that calls at home. Father, I pray that you do a work right here at one cause that, that would shake Dallas, that would shake America. Lord, do a work for you've called this church for great things. You've called this church for great things. It has a great heritage, but it has a greater future. And Father, we speak life over this place. We speak increase over this place. Lord, any plans that hell has ever had to come against the work of God here, Lord, let it be broken in the name of Jesus. Let victory be in this place. Lord, we love you so much. If you're hungry, I just want you to take a minute, lift your hands to God. The anointing of God's easy. It's not hard. Spirit of God, we thank you right now for your power and your anointing. Spirit of God. Somebody say this, say it's not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Say it again, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Say it again, say not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.